What is up, Northridge Church? Man, we're so excited that you are joining us. No matter where you are, what device you are on, we are thankful and excited that you are here at Northridge Church. And I want to give a shout out to all the moms. Happy Mother's Day. I pray that today you are honored and celebrated, that you realize how much impact and how much value you have on our families. And to my wife and to my mom, happy Mother's Day. To all the moms out there, we hope you have a fantastic Mother's Day weekend. And can I start here, man? I just want you to know how much I miss you guys. This whole preaching to an empty room where no one laughs at my lame jokes and just us gathering as the church and singing together and just being together. I just want you to know how much I miss you guys, and I can't wait till we can get back, but four weeks ago, we started a, a brand new series called A Life That Matters. And what we're talking about in this series is how we can create a life that really counts, that has significant impact. And in week one, we started with this idea that death and crisis bring our lives into this sharp focus. And what it does is it reveals what's really important and valuable in life. And then we dug a little bit deeper, how we can create a life that does matter. We said we have to put the right attention on the right things. And so we talked about the right relationships, investing in those really important relationships that God has bringing in our, brought into our life, and then we need to invest our resources in the right places. And maybe for you who have been with us this entire series, God's been working on you much like he has me, and you've been making maybe some small adjustments in your life, you've been making some big changes, so that at the end of your life, you can look back and say, man, my life really did count. But here's what I know about life is life has a way of, of throwing us curveballs, surprises, right? We're, we're kind of in the midst of that right now. No one planned a global pandemic. It just took us by surprise. And what I know is when this one ends, there will be more surprises in your life and in my life, things that we don't plan or predict. And when those curveballs, those surprises come in life, guess what we often do, what our natural tendency is to do in those moments? You've probably experienced it in, these, in this pandemic, we worry. We feel anxious. And what worry is, is it's one of the greatest enemies of living a life that matters. That might surprise you. That might, might take you back for a second. Like, really, of all the things that would be a stumbling block, of all the things that would get in my way of creating a life that matters, worry is one of the biggest ones. And what's scary is worry is something that we have really in our culture have accepted. We all kind of deal with worry on a regular basis. And worry might be one of the biggest stumbling blocks that we accept, that, that gets in the way, that butts up into us creating a life that truly matters. And here's why. Because here's what worry does. Is, you know, a life that truly counts, is significant, has impact. What that life does is it takes the focus off of me, myself, and I, and it looks at others. It looks at the, the relationships that matter to me, the others. It, it takes my resources and invests them in, in people and impacting people's lives. And what worry does when life surprises us and worry sets in, what it does is it take that, takes that lens off of others and it puts it back on me. Because when I'm anxious, when I'm afraid, when I worry, all I can think about is my life. All I can think about is my desires and my wants. In fact, you might be asking this question right now in your life. How can I live a life that matters when right now all I can think about is me? That might be you. 
right now. Because of your circumstances, as you look at your life, you're like, Drew, I want to live a life that matters. But right now, because of my current predicament, all I can think about is what's going on in my life. And honestly, who can blame you? Honestly, no one would, would, would judge you for that because we're all kind of thinking about ourselves right now. And if worry is one of the greatest stumbling blocks to a life that matters, we have to together learn how we can overcome, defeat our worry. But why do we worry? I think it starts with that understanding why we do it. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. One is control, right? We lose control. We're not steering the ship anymore, and it causes us to be anxious, to, to, to have anxiety because we like to be in control, or maybe it's because we, we feel helpless, like we can't be the solution to the problem, and so we, we just marinate it on our head. Maybe it's because we don't understand what God is doing or where our life is headed, and so we worry. And you know, if anybody gets this, I think it might be on this weekend, it would be moms. Because when I look at my wife and when I look at my mom, what I often see in them is worry. Now, worry is not just only for moms. It hits everybody, but women have a tendency to worry a lot. And it's because they care deeply. They love hard. And so many moms spend a good chunk of their time worrying about their kids' futures, worrying about their, the decisions they make, worrying about the, the, their spouse's jobs. Some moms have anxiety over their kids' anxiety. And we worry all the time. And what I think we need to learn today is to distinguish between two really important words, worry and concern. Did you know the Bible actually makes, it distinguishes between these two words? Because when you study the New Testament, it was written in Greek. The original language is Greek. And, and when we look at this word called worry, it's actually in the Greek language, marinao. And what's fascinating about this word is it actually has two meanings to it. It actually can be used in a positive way and a negative way. Let me show you. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus uses this Greek word in a negative connotation. He says this, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. So Jesus makes it really clear. He says, we shouldn't waste our time with worry. He says, don't do it. It's not worth it. Stop wasting your, your mind's energy and your heart's energy with worry. And then he gives some examples of what we worry about. He says, about what you eat or drink or about your body, what you are aware. It's not an exhaustive list. It's just some normal things that we often worry about. And what Jesus says here is he says, hey, never worry. Never waste your time. Never give your mind energy when it comes to worry. Now, here's what's interesting. As Jesus says this, he says, hey, don't waste your time with worry. But the Apostle Paul uses the exact same Greek word in Philippians chapter 2. And it's almost as if the Apostle Paul contradicts what Jesus says. Because here in Philippians chapter 2, Paul uses the same Greek word for worry, but yet he uses it in a positive manner to actually commend Timothy. Let me show you. Philippians 2, 20, it says, I have no one else like him. That's Timothy. Paul is describing him, and he says, who shows genuine concern. There's that word, that Greek word for worry. Genuine concern for your welfare. And here, the apostle Paul says, actually, we should choose concern. 
We should choose in our life to be concerned. It's almost like, wait, wait, hold on a second. Should we not worry or should we be concerned? What's going on here? And to be concerned just simply means that you care. That you care about someone enough to do something, to act, to change the actual problem or circumstances that they might be facing. So how do we distinguish between worry and concern? Well, I want to give you five ways. Five differences between these two words that can often be confused. Number one, concern is others-focused when worry is self-focused. A huge difference here. You see, concern is worried about someone else when worry puts the spotlight on you. The second reason, concern inspires serving when worry prevents serving. Again, this focus on helping others, concern says, rather than helping yourself, worry says. Number three, concern promotes action while worry paralyzes action. Maybe this is one of the biggest differences, is concern will cause you to act on somebody else's behalf when worry will keep you paralyzed in fear. Fourth difference, concern is driven by love while worry is driven by fear. Your concern has love for someone or some situation when worry is driven by what you're afraid might happen. What might happen to someone? What might happen in in a certain situation? And number five, concern is faith-filled while worry is doubt-filled. When you have concern, it fills you with faith to act when worry just causes questions to creep in your mind. And here's what a lot of people have done, is we've justified our worry by calling it concern. We've claimed to be concerned about things, and maybe it started with concern, but we've allowed that concern to transition into worry, something that Jesus says we should never waste our time with. And so if if worry is a stumbling block to living a life that matters, what does God want from us? How do we overcome this battle? And I think God wants from us, what he wants from us is really simple, but yet in moments like what we're facing now is really difficult. You see, God wants us to always trust him, to always trust in him and his plans for our lives. And I know as I say that, like that's, that, that's the cliche churchy answer, right? Like always trust God no matter what. But let's be honest, that seems impossible. Like how, how am I supposed to trust a God who's okay with a global pandemic that's killing people and hurting our economy? People are losing their jobs. How in the world am I supposed to trust that God? Or for me, how am I supposed to trust a God who would take my dad away early in life? I mean, I get it, like the cliche answer, God wants me to always trust him, but sometimes it's impossible or it feels like it is. So how do we do it? You see, when you look at your Bible, when you look at the the book of the Bible from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation, there's one central message that the Bible tells us, and it's called the gospel. It's the story of Jesus coming from heaven to earth to save us from our sin. That's the gospel. And here's one thing that a lot of people have confused about the gospel is we think the gospel is just there to save us from eternity separated from God. We think the gospel is just there to save our soul. But the reality of the gospel is it impacts our every day as Christians. And when it comes to our worry, the gospel is the very thing that will defeat your worry and my worry. The gospel defeats our worry. Let me say it to you like this. If God has beaten the very worst thing 
in our world. What's the worst thing in our world? It's death, right? The, the worst thing that can happen to you or to me is, is that we would die because it's final. It's the thing that we, we wor- are worried about the most is like someone we love dying. That's the worst thing in life. And, and let me tell you, if God has already overcome the worst thing in life called death, if Jesus has already defeated death, why would we worry? Why would we waste our time and our energy on worry when Jesus has already defeated it? You see this in in, in the Apostle Paul, this this swagger, this cockiness. Look what he he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He says this, where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is, is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I love what the apostle Paul says here. He says, hey, death, where's your victory? Oh, wait, you don't have it. Where's your sting, death? Oh, yeah, it's gone. You want to know why? Because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because what he accomplished for us. Death has been defeated and because of Jesus, we have the victory. He says it again in Romans chapter 8. It says, and we know. I wonder if we know this as Christians. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. You see, we don't have to worry because we, we know, the, the apostle Paul says, he says, we know that in the bad and the ugly and the messy, the situations we don't want to face or go through, we know that God uses them for our good to grow us, to strengthen us. So that leads me to a question today. A question I I gotta ask myself and a question I want you to ask yourself. When it comes to worry and it comes to our present situation and circumstances, what would change about your situation right now if you truly trusted God with every detail? Now, Now for a second, Like, think hard about that. Think about your life right now. Your circumstances, your situation. What would change about your decisions? What would change about the way you're acting? What would change about the way your mind thinks and what your heart believes if you truly trusted God with that situation in every detail in it? Would your life look a little bit differently if you chose, rather than to worry, to trust in God? Let me say it like this. If you trust God with your eternity, right? If if you've said yes to Jesus Christ to be your forgiver and your leader, you've trusted God with your eternity forever. The thing that matters most in life is your eternity. And if you trust God with your eternity, why can't you trust God with your job? Why can't you trust God with your future, your children, your health, your bank account? If you truly trust God with forever, can't we trust him with the everyday? So the question is, is how do we do this? Because I get it, it's, it's, it's easy to, to, to teach on these things, but in the everyday, the Monday, Tuesday, it's hard to live out. And how do we get to a place where we push worry aside and we choose to always trust God's plans for our lives? I want to give you two steps today that I think are really practical and really help you. You see, the way we trust God is we simply pray. We pray. We choose to get on our knees. And here's what I love about God. is The Bible says that 
It says for us to cast our cares on God because he cares for us. And what I love about God is he actually wants to know what keeps me up at night. He wants to know what I'm afraid of. He wants to know what I'm worried about, what what is filling my heart with anxiety. He wants to know. And the way we do that is we go to him, we communicate with him. Here's the newsflash. He already knows. He's just waiting on you to tell him. And look what Philippians chapter four says. It says, do not be anxious about anything. Just for the record, anything includes everything. He's echoing the words of Jesus. Do not worry. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, in a messy divorce, in a diagnosis you weren't ready for, in a global pandemic, in a breakup, and whatever comes your way, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. You want to trust God when you feel worried? Fall on your knees. When you're afraid, fall on your knees and talk to God. Let him know. God, I'm scared right now. God, I don't understand this right now. God, I I don't know what to do right now. God, I am full of fear and anxiety and worry and just pray to him. And then choose not to worry, to simply let it go to let it go, to, to relinquish it, to surrender it to it. That's what prayer does. Is that you, you, you take it and you give it to God, the one who is in control, the one who can overcome it, the one who has the power to change it. And you let it go. And look what Philippians, the very next verse says, something miraculous happens. It says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. That's just really like big words to say, peace will come that won't make sense. Peace that in the midst of the storm, your friends will say you should be worried and you won't be. Because that peace, the Bible says, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Worry's real. And we all deal with it. I don't care how tough you are. We all worry about certain things, our children, our jobs, our future, our dating relationships. Worry has a tendency to consume us. And the antidote to our worry is to trust God. And so let's make a commitment today. In the midst of a global pandemic where we all should probably be a little bit worried, even though Jesus says, don't worry, we're all probably worried. And here's my challenge for me and for you to make this commitment that we would choose to trust God's goodness over our present and future worries. That no matter what comes my way, I will be rooted in the rock of my salvation, that I will be rooted in God's goodness, his love and his mercy, that no matter what the enemy throws my way, no matter what life brings me and it pushes me back and forth, I will be planted in my trust in God. Would we make that commitment today? You see, I I think when it comes to being a follower of Christ, there's three words that we never want to say. We don't wanna say them because we don't wanna feel stupid. We we don't wanna look arrogant. We wanna look like we have it all together. And what's interesting about these three words is I believe they declare trust in God. It's the words, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what God's doing right now. I I, I don't know 
what God has planned for this. I don't know if God's gonna fix it or if he's gonna let it continue. You see, the Bible in Isaiah says that God's ways are way bigger than our ways. And what that simply means is there are things that God does and there's things about God that we will never fully know. And we have to be okay with that. That's why the Bible says to have childlike faith. You know, right now in in this pandemic, Ashley and and myself at breakfast, we read stories of the Bible to my children. I have three children, five, three, and two. And what I love about my children is when they hear about the miracles of Jesus, when they hear about Jesus separating a sea, when they hear about Jesus turning water into wine, when they hear about Jesus raising from the dead, they're not like, well, let me actually say, science doesn't say that's possible. No, with big eyes, they say, that's amazing. Because even though they don't know, they believe like they do. And you know, whether you've been following Jesus for 50 years, or maybe today you're going to follow him for the first time. I think we have to get to a place where our trust is so big in God that even when we don't know, we believe like we do. That we have childlike faith, that faith actually works its best, not when things are certain, but when things are uncertain. And so maybe you're here today and you are a follower of Christ. And you need to just recommit your trust to God. Or maybe today you need to place your trust in God for the very first time. And what he accomplished for you through the gospel. Now I'm going to give you a chance to do that right now. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes and just say this prayer, God, I don't know all the answers. God, I don't know everything there is to know. But today I just want you to know that I trust you fully. I trust you with my life, God. Maybe over these years of following you, my trust has waned, and today I'm recommitting it to you, God. Today I'll follow you fully, no matter what life brings. Or maybe today you're saying, God, I will trust you for the very first time. That I believe what Jesus accomplished for me through his death and resurrection, that it overcome, overcame my sin, and you've given me the victory. And today I'm placing my faith and my trust in Man, if you're a Christian today and you said that prayer, I'd encourage you to tell somebody in your group where they can hold you accountable to follow closely with God for that commitment to fully trust him. But if you said that prayer for the very first time, where you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, here's what I'd ask you to do. I'd ask you to simply grab your phone and text TRUST to 585-210-8564. Over the course of seven to eight weeks, we've seen 117 people say they've trusted in Jesus Christ. And that's amazing. And if that's you, would you text us? Or if you're watching at live.northridgerochester.com, there's a raise your hand thing right now. You just click that and let us know. Let me pray for us. God, you're worthy of our trust. That even when we don't fully understand, even when if it's out of our control, we choose to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, guys, I want to thank you for joining us. Man, you don't know how much we love just to be able to connect with you and be there for you. And I get it. If you're worried right now, it it totally makes sense. It's hard not to be, but we want to be there and help you overcome your worry and your anxiety. 
And the best way for us to do that, if you would just text us, connect to 585-210-8564. Seriously, we wanna be there for you. If you have any questions about our church, you can visit our website at northridgerochester.com. We love you guys, and we'll finish this series with a powerful story next week as we conclude a life that matters. Have a great day. Happy Mother's Day.